This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi, Jinx, with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guests are my friends, Leo Louis and Edward Tarrant. If those names sound familiar, it's probably because you've seen them in many, many adult scenes across the pornoverse. We're going to talk all about sexuality, working in the adult industry, and the importance of communication. All of that and more today on Hi Jinx. So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some brand new Hi Jinx. M. Oh. M. Mom. Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by adult film stars Edward Tarrant and Leo Louise. Hi, Edward and Leo. Hi, Hi, Jinx. <laughs> All right. So you are not the first um, adult film entertainers that I've had on the podcast, but um, I'm very excited to talk to you too because you are the second adult film couple that I've had on, and we will get to talk about what it's like both of you working in this industry and maintaining your relationship. We'll get to that. Um, we'll talk about the different roles you play in the adult industry, and um, we'll talk about, uh, you know, probably gender and politics and stuff, because that shit always comes up with me. But let's start with... <laughs> We met randomly backstage. Leo and I, I guess I met Edward too that day, but press week was such a mind fog for me. <laughs> but but it was press week for um, All Star Season 7. And I recognized Leo right away with the long hair. Um, <laughs> you had long hair at the time yeah, I did. and I immediately outed myself as a porn viewer by saying like, Oh, 
oh, you're Leo Louise. I've heard of you. I've seen you. And I was also very familiar with Edward. Um, the two of you are definitely very, very active young stars in the adult industry. You work for many sites um, or one site and many outlets. I don't know. I don't know how, how it all works, <laughs> but we'll talk about it today. Um, tell us just like, okay, tell us first who you are as a human being and then how you found your way to doing adult. <laughs> that sounds um, good. I guess I'll start. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, who am I as a human being? Wow. That's a broad <laughs> question. Yeah. yeah it's intentionally, lightly. it's intentionally broad. You know, I, I, we could start with like, how'd you first start and take dick, taking dicks? But you know, <laughs> I want to remember that you have personalities outside of, of your course. adult career. So. Go well, for, for me, <laughs> I was actually pretty normal, quote unquote, before <laughs> I got in the industry. I was uh, working as an interior designer on the east coast of Canada. Gay. And then, as a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, doesn't get a lot gayer than that. I should, I should specify that the three of us have become good friends. You stayed yeah. with me for like a week <laughs> in New York. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am not this familiar with any of my guests. Um, yeah, Leo, Leo and Edward and I have since meeting become good friends. And yes, yes. anyway, go on with your no, story. She, you're allowed, you're not getting canceled. I'm just, a, I'm just a bully. I'm just a bully who bullies my guests. Anyway. Well, the... Like the pandemic happened, as for a lot of people, that kind of put a big <laughs> pause on things, right? Yeah. So I actually I moved to Montreal here in Canada during the pandemic and started mm -hmm. my porn career during that. And uh, that makes perfect I mean, sense because I, I feel like it was the pandemic where you, well, yeah, like, like I it, all of a sudden was like I was seeing you everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, so it was actually kind of funny. So when I started my career at the beginning, filming for most of the studios was still open. However, I mean, a lot of like a lot of models just didn't really want to film. I guess would mm -hmm. be the best way to say it. Like you know, COVID. There yeah. was a lot of like precautions, etc. So I ended up just getting like way too much work out of the fact that no one else wanted it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, well. you know, um, I think life is full of those kind of choices, you know, like we all had to find a way. Here's the thing. We all had to find a way to survive during the pandemic. And we all had to set our own boundaries and our own comfort levels. And it sounds like, you know, because like lots of people, lots of people's careers did take a positive swing during the pandemic for whatever Absolutely. reason. And, you know, I don't think there's any, you, you, you needn't have any like um, coyness around. Yeah, the pandemic happened and I rose, <laughs> rose quickly <laughs> through the porn ranks. That's just a circumstance. And, uh, um, <laughs> and it was actually, it was about three months into my career. I got picked up for an out TV show called Boy Boy that we filmed uh, <laughs> 10 episodes of. And around that time is when I met Leo and I pulled him into the industry as well. Yeah, that was the whole thing. It was that like was, a Pied Piper he, thing. Turn me to the yeah, turn me to the dark side. 
<laughs> Let's talk about Leo. Who are you as a human being? How did you end up in the industry? It sounds like Edward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be the ending point. Uh, well, I'll start around the pandemic. That's what he talked about already. Um, I was actually uh, studying at McGill University and I was in philosophy and uh, just learning the German language because I had plans to move to Berlin because I am an artist and I'm very big into, um, well, a lot of the German culture, but like Berlin as a whole, I have a lot of inspiration that draws from there. And I was selling a lot of art already through like Instagram and different social medias. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was heading towards, but then pandemic happened. <laughs> um, so I kind of changed international plans. And so I kind of just started socializing a bit more once it became more secure. And mm -hmm. I started hanging with Edward, um, <laughs> but it was still a big curfew. So I kind of just show up there and I'm like, well, I can't really leave now. <laughs> I kind of just <laughs> I think he accidentally moved in with me at that point. Yeah, I kind of started driving him around uh, to his shoot, to his like old TV show. So I was meeting all the people involved already in porn, um, and I was like, "Well, that sounds fun, you know." <laughs> it's just you see all these people, and it's like before you like don't know what the industry is gonna be like and all, but you know they're actually like genuine, full, open-minded people in there, and they're all. There's a lot of it in Montreal here, right? So it was a lot of just locals for me. So it felt very much um, like a next set. Sounds, it sounds kismet, honestly. So I have a question. This is kind of a serious question. And it only popped into my head, you know, hearing about the circumstances and stuff. Um, have you faced, has the adult community, like the people who were working pre-pandemic in the adult community and those who have come back to the adult um, community, have they, has there been any animosity towards you to kind of like rising as stars during the pandemic when a lot of people were just choosing not to work? Not really. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's a problem I've run into. Okay. If anything, I've been very surprised actually because... Mm -hmm. There's a lot of models that I didn't know they even knew who I was. And oh, the first time I'm meeting them, they're like, oh, you're the kid that I've been seeing everywhere. Oh, <laughs> no, I I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. You know, I'm, I, I, from everything I've heard, a lot of the adult industry is a really positive, really empowering, really like loving community. You know, yeah. like, like any industry, there's there's problems within, but <laughs> yeah, but it did still like give rise to a lot of people, especially through like OnlyFans and like mm -hmm. the democratization of like online sex work, right? Um, and so actually, there's a lot of people that started during the pandemic. Um, if anything, there's like more competition now than there used to be. Um, <laughs> That's why I'm asking if there was any animosity, because I know. I, I can imagine in like uh, the actor version of this, there might be kind of like a hierarchy or like, a, you know, there might be animosity towards new actors who came in during a difficult time. You know, the same way if like a writer came in during the writer strike and was like, oh, all right. But a pandemic and a strike is a very, very different thing. I guess my brain just went very, uh, my brain just quickly went to, I hope no one was mean to you 
<laughs> you're not, very yet, not yet, but I mean, I'm an advocate for bullying when it's. Oh my God. I mean, bring him on. You've seen an invitation here on this podcast already. Just at us, you know? Um, well, is that because it'll give you inspiration for bullyhim.com? That. <laughs> Exactly, yes, because I take whatever I get sent and then I just copy paste it on my OnlyFans DMs where I bully people for money and then it just like easy work. I'm lazy. It's it's so funny. I I feel like um I feel like I know the lives of the writers for porn. I feel like I know exactly what they went through in high school and college <laughs> from the kind of porn I see out in the world, you know, scrolling on the porn sites. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Deep, dark memory. <laughs> so the pandemic um, brought you both to adult work. But let me ask, like, do you think it's something you were, were you already interested? Did you already have a thought for adult work beforehand? I, I, I feel like you have to have been kind of toying with the idea. I know a lot of people, um, uh, a lot of people found sex work to be a wonderful, you know, <laughs> resource for them during the pandemic. You mentioned OnlyFans. Um, but I, I, I have to imagine like to do studio porn, um, which you both do, you, you kind of want, you kind of have to want to do that. It's, it's not like, it's not just like having sex. It's like having yeah. sex in front of a room full of people. <laughs> exactly. And you see, nowadays I find it's more common for people to start with OnlyFans and transition mm -hmm. to studio porn. We both jumped straight into studio <laughs> porn yeah. and made OnlyFans after that. So that was a little backwards too. But mm -hmm. the, I would say it's like sex work for me has always been something that I was considering. It's, I'm a very sexualized person already. I'm really into like voyeurism and public stuff. So like I've already gotten myself into some interesting predicaments and I'm like you know I might as well might as well start filming all this stuff anyway <laughs> yeah I always kind of thought about it in the back of my mind but like seeing what it actually looks like is kind of a very good way to entice you it kind of felt like stargazing through like uh, a windows uh I don't know a shop's windows you know what I mean you're kind of just mm -hmm. looking through it and it's right there because I was driving him and all that and I could see these people but I mean I was already kind of taking pictures of myself and like you know sending them to a of guys and whatever and I thought it was fun um but I didn't expect to enjoy it that much like I now having been in it for a little bit I like enjoy all aspects of it because mm -hmm. I feel like as like a gay man it's very like fulfilling to be mm. doing that um but yeah before i was really just curious i guess really just curious porn curious <laughs> um so you both work for the with what the parent company is men.com the parent company? I, I, I've tried, you've explained it to me a few times, but you both are like um, involved, not just uh, as models, but Edward, you also work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <so>. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know you have I a position at the company. It. I want to say you're a producer, but I don't know that that's your title. <laughs> My boss is a producer. So uh -huh. I, for a company here in Montreal, I am the creative director. So okay. I build a lot of the sets. I do costumes. 
if you're filming for many of the large studios here in Montreal, then I'm going to be on set there with Which you. Which Canada has a large, it's is huge. it a large queer yeah. porn scene or is it a large porn scene? Is it also... Large- it's majority gay here in Montreal. Mm-hmm. However, the straight world is growing. definitely building up. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Las Vegas is kind of the straight porn capital right now, right? I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. But of our South neighbors, like in Canada, it's Montreal. And if you're being yeah. shipped south, it's going to be like there. <laughs> like a lot, of people don't, a lot of people really don't realize because... Like, L.A., San Diego is still very much where it's at. That's the Mm -hmm. biggest part of the industry. I would say Montreal is the second largest, and Mm -hmm. then you go Las Vegas. Okay. So, like, a lot of people don't realize that Montreal is such a big player in the industry. Um, I didn't realize until I met you two. Yeah, I like, didn't realize everyone, that half of the porn we're watching is filmed in Canada. <laughs> we're outsourcing our <laughs> orgasms. <laughs> well, yep, there's something in the water here. A lot of models and whatever they all kind of. Is it the French the influence? Is it is it is it people like Leo with a thick we, French accents? <laughs> we well, you say that, and then you ask them to say lines, and we're like, boo, boo, boo. I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised. Uh, for for what you would expect to be a pretty easy porn scene, like oh the oh pizza, Lord. you know, pizza guy oh shows Lord. up at the door or something ridiculously simple. Some of these guys with the French accents will will be there for a while just uh doing the, <laughs> the first knocking on the door sequence. <laughs> Yeah, there's some models that if there's a comma, it has to be like a dot and you kind of have to like, you know, if it's more than one sentence or you're kind of lost. It's kinda... But overall, it's fun. Anyway, we've kind of. <laughs> no, no, no. I love hearing. I love hearing. It's funny. I just like knowing how things work. You know, it doesn't ruin anything for porn for me to peek behind the curtain. In <laughs> fact, I think knowing, um, I think, you know, as I become a more mindful adult human being it actually makes watching porn feel so much better when i know the conditions the the models work under and um and how are the models being treated and like knowing that edward works both as a model and is on the production side of things always makes it always makes me happy to know that there's someone who knows what it's like being in front yeah. of the camera or on the stage who can advise the people on the other side so that, you know, like you're remembering the needs of these people. Absolutely. Even my boss here, he's 31, I believe now. Uh, he started as a model himself working with Nextdoor Studios and Falcon. Uh, if anyone's ever familiar with Marco LeBeau, I'll throw him <laughs> under the bus there. Uh, shout out. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so a lot of us in the behind the scenes started as models and kind mm-hmm. of transitioned into behind the camera roles. Which is yeah. better than like some third party making decisions over, you know, this industry, right? So we Absolutely. like having like, you know, insiders actually calling the shots. No, it should be it should be for you by you. <laughs> hey. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Leo, do you, you focus more on being a model though? Are you not working currently on the production side of things? Um, so I've worked here and there for the production. I'm actually starting sometime soon as a position, but mm. right now I've done mostly modeling. I also do stripping here in the same, like in Cinder Village. So mm-hmm. uh, I think around the area, but no, it's the, mainly the modeling. Yeah. I've been a few times like with Edward on different sets, whereas he already works and then I'll be there to help out more. And then that's why, you know, I'm getting a job in some ways, but like I've seen a lot of these, like, behind the scene of different shoots that I normally wouldn't have been on. Like I only do gay content, but I've been on, you know, straight shoots. And while well, I've saw, I've shot trans, but like lots of different like shoots and it's just been very eye opening. I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. I think, I think when, <laughs> I think one of the videos I first saw you in was there was like a pre-interview Um I think it was you and my friend Tanner Reed. And there was like a, it was a scene where you were kind of talking about how you were new to porn and the way it's kind of been enlightening you as a human being. And it was like, it was, it's funny because it's like, I think the porn of yesteryear felt very sleazy and exploitative. And I'm really happy to see that where porn is going right now, where adult entertainment is going right now, is more like conscious and awake and mindful. And I, like I said, you know, I'm speaking in general terms as an outsider, but like watching queer porn these days, it feels like the models are being treated well, uh, their feelings are being considered. <laughs> the vibe on set is meant to be comfortable for everyone, mm-hmm. which like I remember sneaking to um, steal my uncle's VHS porn tapes when I was a horny uh, teenager and just like directors yelling at the models and and men just being like, scary towards women and and like me thinking are these women are okay yeah like Like, this is what sex is like like, (laughs) like, please none of that um but it's really what sticks in my mind is anytime like there's a director yelling at the people you know or like i'm like why would you leave that in there that's so 
anyway. Yeah, no, so. I would have hated that. I mean, there's the occasional instance of like you're kind of fucking, and then he <laughs> like stops for a second and comes forward and like moves the one strip. Um, but like it's it's all funny. Like it's people that I know and whatever. It's funny. Um, but like people like genuinely like mindful of. Like, you know, consent as a whole, even like every single shoot we do here, we start with a long list. I swear to God, if you do a TikTok about this, they ask you every single thing that there is in a dictionary about sex and ask you if you consent to it. Um, and then you just have this long sequence looking at the camera saying like, yes, yes, please. Like, for Jody, yes, <laughs> no. And it, it kind of feels like you're ordering like a, I don't know, something like ice cream or something. A sex pizza. Um, yes. <laughs> let me ask you both. Um, now, now that you've been in the industry for some time, um, as we said, you're both prominent models on the websites you work for. Um, people recognize you. What has the attitude of the LGBTQ plus community as a whole been towards you as sex workers? Incredibly positive. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, and I would way. say, I would say the reaction is generally positive and or socially awkward well yeah so it's a it's a big uh, dual-edged sword it's either they're like super into it and sometimes they're like oh that's cool or that's odd i've never heard of it but tell me more like at a party uh-huh. or they're like get away from me and then they're like call it crucifix or something like it, it kind of goes like head in hand but ultimately like people do have a lot of respect for it i've generally never faced like well, I mean, online, you know, there's there's some people <laughs> here and there, right? But frankly, even online people have been behaved and like people do sex work in many different ways. Like there's, you know, pornography, but all also like OnlyFan is also one of them that's kind of like in that line. And there's the people just like walking around the village and like surveying and all of that stuff. So there's different like areas that people just do i guess more and more sex work and it's being shown online like a lot of like strippers on tiktok that before you never even saw what a stripper used to look like so i feel like it's just more in people's minds and they're a little more mindful that these are people and not just you know like degenerates yeah you know i'm a little older than both of you a lot older than leo yeah (laughs) (laughs) and um uh I grew up, you know, I think a lot of attitude towards sexuality in the 90s and early 2000s, of course, was colored by the AIDS epidemic. You know, um, you couldn't really talk about queer sexuality on mainstream television without some kind of AIDS subplot, because that's, you know, what people knew about queer people back in the day, you know, (laughs) I think Will and Grace never did. And that was another way that it was like, you know, like, Oh, queer people without having to talk about trauma every day of their life, you know, (laughs) but um, when, when we did our out TV show, we tried really hard to keep it always in a positive light while mm -hmm. still talking about all of these different topics and that was one of the things that we did with with the HIV topic was the main characters in the show. We all went to a clinic and we actually get 
STI tests in the show. So if you mm-hmm. want to go watch my butt get swabbed, you can do that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we have a little conversation about like undetectable U equals U and try and bring that narrative to the mm-hmm. mainstream a little bit more. Whereas like, especially in the straight world, people don't really have an understanding of where the medicine has really gotten with things like that. And like, mm-hmm. yeah. Would you say that you being younger and growing up a little farther away from the AIDS epidemic, uh, was that less like, I mean, I'm telling you, it was part of every conversation about sex I had as a teenager, as a young adult. And it's only now because of prep and, you know, the conversations you were talking about that, like, I kind of live a life where, uh, you know, my sexuality isn't constantly overshadowed by HIV and AIDS. But it took until my 30s to live life like that. No, absolutely. I mean, when I was in my younger, you know, preteens and I was starting to explore, it was definitely something I thought about frequently. Mm. However, I don't think, now tell me if I'm wrong, Leo, but I don't think the younger generation has to think nearly as much about it, if at all. I personally heard of it in school as much as any other uh, STI which mm-hmm. like kind of tells already that it wasn't taken either seriously as much or necessarily like as carried to the population. I do believe that PrEP has changed it a lot, yeah. whereas A, people now have had the time to talk about U equals U and to know what the deal is. And then on the other hand, you don't have this like um, kind of egoistic scare of like, oh, am I going to catch that? Because you yeah. already have PrEP. Well, so, It has, I think, made the conversation around sexual responsibility a lot less daunting for Mm -hmm. people, you know, and because we're having the conversation so openly, here's what I want to say to everyone listening. Like, we may be talking about progress in medicine and progress in, in the community being affected by this, but we are still affected by this and you do still need to be having the conversation and you do still need to think of it as something that could happen and, you know, take proper precautions. And I know you two do. I'm just want everyone listening just because we are living in a much better time does not mean that it doesn't still exist and we shouldn't mm. still be having the conversation. You should be Absolutely. having a conversation before any sexual interaction just to make sure you're crossing your T's and dotting your I's. <laughs> oh, no, I agree. And that's something I so preach for, which, by the way, is not enforced enough. And even like the OnlyFans community, and I let alone just like general population, in pseudoporn, we're legally allowed to get tested. In OnlyFans, usually it's going to be like a cesspool of all the SCIs. But, <laughs> like, no kidding. But also general population, like, if you're only having sex with a new person every, like, month or a few months, get tested in between. It's really not that hard. You know what I mean? If everyone generally got tested, like, two weeks after they get tested, we could literally eradicate, like, most SCDs. And, like, yeah. when the pandemic happened, I generally thought there was going to be a drop in, like, chlamydia and things like this. Because after a few weeks, you start getting symptoms. Nothing. People just kept fucking. I don't know. So, like, people were bored at home. Yeah. Anyway, general piss line. Next time you go on Grinder and, like, hey, can't take your cock, just add a question, like, when's the last time we got tested? You know, just a little something. You know, I grew, I I talk about it a lot, but I grew up in a really 
supportive queer environment in Portland. And, um, you know, we had at my queer teen resource center weekly testing. You could just get tested. Um, I, I know we could get tested for HIV really, really easily, especially when Oroquick came out. Um, but, uh, you know, it was just always a part of my queer education to get tested regularly. And as a Virgo, I take that part really seriously. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. When you're in this industry, you get tested every 14 days mm -hmm. or sometimes more often than that if you're having a lot, a lot of sex. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, I mean, regardless of how much sex you're having, like you should be aware of your your body health, not just your sexual health in general, but, you know, keep track of things like that. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. go, see, go see a doctor, know what's yeah. going on. Like. Yeah. Um, let me ask you a kind of personal question, which I only feel comfortable asking because I do know you both well, but yes. um, it is a curiosity I have. So when one takes something they enjoy, and turns it into their work, it sometimes diminishes the joy that they feel from that thing. How is how has your personal sex life been affected by your professional sex life? Oh, it's much quieter. <laughs> <laughs> you do have like, yeah, some shots that have to go like literal, like, you know, do shots that have to go to like OnlyFans or studio porn and things like that. So the total amount of, let's say, available leaders might be reduced at the end of the week. <laughs> but, I mean, you still, A, have a personal sex life for a while. Like, when I was first starting out, that's something I kind of, like, ran into and then learned to cope with. But <laughs> essentially, um, for a while, when I was jacking off alone at home, I was <laughs> thinking, like, oh, I should be recording that. You know, like, that's <laughs> money being wasted. Like, every single shot. Because literally every single shot, I'm not yeah. kidding. Because you could just be posting it and be making money, right? And you're not. So, like, it's a wasted opportunity. You know, um, I have a really <laughs> hard time turning my work brain off. Like, my my partner, my friends have to tell me, okay, but we're not talking about work right now because I'll be, you know, in the middle of a conversation and something really funny will happen. I'll say, that's a really good bit. Oh my God. If we kind of like readjusted it like this. Oh, and if I wrote it like this and then we could sing this song and people are like, honey, we're not here helping you make bits. We're trying to play poker or whatever. You yeah. know? <laughs> like, so I do know that when like something you're passionate about becomes work, it's hard to draw those lines between personal and professional. It very much is. Like I had to get off of OnlyFans actually just, well, because I was so busy to begin with, but also <laughs> because of the the lack of separation between things, just like mm -hmm. you were saying, like, but for Leo and I, we can be out on a, you know, a nature walk through the park <laughs> and you see a really nice like pond or something. And you're like, oh, it'd be really great to get a video next to that pond. And <laughs> blah, blah. You can't even enjoy anything anymore without just thinking of like, oh, we should fuck here and probably film it. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, I mean, I guess that's just being business minded in your industry. Let's talk about your your relationship. Um, 
you two are both models in the industry, which means you're um, interacting with lots of other people. You're also in, uh, uh, you've been together how many years now? A couple years at least. Two and a half-ish. <laughs> two and a yep. half. Yeah, two and, and a half. And um, I'm sure everyone wants to know, it's none of their business, but if you feel <laughs> like sharing, um, uh, what is it like navigating your a uh, romantic relationship when you both work in the adult industry. I think it's better that way, frankly. As in, <laughs> I love like, that no, answer. but for real. As in, like, I do believe. Like, I have friends that you know, beautiful girl that's friend with like the like straightest like military dude ever, and it's like fully out of the industry, and that's fine. Um, but like to both be in the same industry, it's like you don't. You know, have a things you don't have to explain. Uh, when you mm. mention names, they knew them like personally, not just mm -hmm. like idealistically. Um, they've been there. They've been in front of the camera. Like it's so much easier to talk and communicate. But frankly, it just it's, it's worked very well. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for us, I mean, sometimes I'll find a cute little twink on Twitter, and I, that's the first thing I'm doing is sending his profile to Leo. Like, <laughs> oh, you should fuck him. Like. Oh, look, that's <laughs> I'm behind the camera on his OnlyFans shoots a lot, taking little behind-the-scenes clips. I'm kind of that supportive mom in the background. <laughs> yeah, very Chris Jenner energy there, holding the camera. You know, I saw this clip of um, Margaret Cho on a morning talk show talking about her open marriage, and they asked, do you ever get jealous? And she said, no. You know, like, she's like, no, because the alternative is having sex with one person for the rest of the, my life, and that's gross. <laughs> but I also just really liked, I really liked, because it was her with a, a panel of women, and of course the question on everyone's mind was, do you get jealous? And she was just like, no. And I just, I loved that answer. Just like a simple no, you know, cause here's the thing is like, I'm, a, uh, I, I'm in an open relationship and we have dealt with jealousy, but it's only ever been, you know, uh, something we had to work on in our relationship. Not really that we had a problem with the other one having sex with other people. That's the same thing for us. I would say that jealousy doesn't really come up. It's not really a problem that we deal with. However, if there's a lack of communication for any reason, then it can create a bump in the road. But yeah. once that communication is, you know, dealt with and gone over, usually move forward and onwards so. <laughs> it's not like that's what always makes me laugh when people ask like if they're jealous because like it really does come from like you know a background of someone that doesn't really know what polyamory is or just you know open relationships are as a whole but like it's really just both of us being like open one another and also free like we're we're both like keep up still even though we might not like have these experiences all like together. He's still on mm -hmm. his side and I'm on mine. But like we're both expecting to have like fun on our own side too, right? And there's no like concept of like jealousy. It's like what? Yeah. Like, no, it's like fun. You know, it's meant to be yeah. fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's opposite. You got it backward. Yeah. You know, I think the word that has been said multiple times in this conversation overall has been communication. And I think I've talked about it before, but I think there was a taboo around communication. It was almost like if we didn't, oh, okay. 
it was really a fear of sexuality that yeah. led to the taboo of conversation. Because if we don't talk about it, it's almost like it's it, we're not doing anything wrong. I, I feel like that's the mentality behind Netflix and chill. You know, like... If we say we're just getting, you know, and you tell your friends we got together and watched a movie and your friends know what that means. Your friends know Mm -hmm. you you slept with that person. But there's this inherent shame that we were brought up and conditioned with around like saying, I just had sex, you know. (laughs) And one of the ways I broke down that conditioning is just being, well, uh, Dela says, every time I've had sex, I come skipping down the hallway going, Kalu, Kalei. I've had sex today. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, um, who was it? I think it was Amber Rose who released that video where she turned the walk of shame into the walk of pride. You know, where she's walking down the street and everyone's like, she's just had sex. And she's like, yep, I did. You know? And I agree with that. That's something that should be celebrated, not ashamed. Like the fact that sexuality is something that's been rejected by like... I don't know, for way too long, sexuality is literally one of the most inherent property of us as humans. That's literally how, where we come from. We literally all have to do it. Or really <laughs> for parents, you know, if you're not good, you can end the line. That's all right. But you know what I mean? You're still going to be biologically driven towards it. Maybe there's something there that you shouldn't, like, turn a blind eye on, like, question mark. Um, but, like, at the very least, yeah, like, to celebrate it, I think, really just helps everyone. Yeah. Well, and to communicate and to break down the stigma or taboo around communication, because honestly, you know, communication kind of makes it hot. It's like communication doesn't have to be like, you know, like a daunting, scary thing. Like it's hot to know what the other person is into and to tell them what you're into and to know what they're not into. So you don't like, you know, like, okay, like, I naturally will just like, you know, kiss a person's ear unless they tell me not to, you know? Yeah. And some people really don't like having their ears kissed and some people really, really like having their ears kissed. But what I don't like doing is kissing someone's ear who doesn't like having their ear kissed. And the only way to know they don't like it is to communicate. <laughs> exactly. That was a nice PG-13. Yeah, that was very analogy. No, but it's very true. Like, people are afraid to have these types of conversations. But, I mean, it's like you said. If you want someone to kiss your ear, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna go do that if you're <laughs> unless not unless you paint little get little arrows. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, tattoo. There's people that do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's. I mean, like, I thought I thought that was very clever when I've seen tattoos basically saying, you know, like written consent. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> no, um, I'll have a whole contract down my back here soon. <laughs> yeah, that's so, what we need for our list. <laughs> but also, like, uh, porn has helped a lot for communication, I feel. Like, when we're on set, it's easier because we do this whole boundary, right? And yeah. then sometimes we're going to get to actually talk to the model. The best, it's just if you feel it. Like, it's obviously of your own choice. But you can talk, like, what do you want to do? And, like, what do you what do you feel like doing today and what feels good for your own body uh and actually that brings forward on video good chemistry and actual like genuine sex and just the habit of doing that on set and also just like 
to stop like using euphemisms and say like let's Netflix and chill. Like no, let's fuck. You know, not just fuck. I'll tell you exactly what I want to do from A to Z. You know. Yeah. And it just like you. It actually brings people on board. I feel because it. I don't know. You know like I. Yeah, because I think there are some who worry about like you know communication feeling transactional, but it it doesn't feel that way. It feels like it feels like foreplay. You know, it feels yeah. like verbal yep. foreplay. Um, and I can I, I can understand the the fear of you know maybe you want someone to lick your toe or something and you don't <laughs> know how to bring that up. But yeah. sometimes the best way to ask is just to ask straightforward. Like, yeah. and also it's hard. Like I think that asking <laughs> for consent is like if you're thinking of it with the word consent, you're asking for it wrong. You're you're asking you're bringing forward an idea and you're asking if yeah. the other person is willing to do it, right? So you can just look at them and say, "Do you want me to lick your ear?" You know, and they say, <laughs> "Because they know that's okay." So and you say, "Well, do you want me to lick your neck then?" You know, yeah, it yeah. really doesn't matter. And then the they might is- say, "No, you look right over here." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you both. Um, Leo, you mentioned you're an artist. Um, what are your interests outside of work and outside of anything having to do with sex? Who are you when you're not horny? <laughs> <laughs> well, He's always so- horny. <laughs> it's funny because on the artistic side, before all of this uh, shabam about sex work and all that, um, I was drawing a lot of inspiration from the human body as a whole in my art but more so on an anatomical scale. Mm. I've always drawn the... <laughs> I've always drawn, like, the naked body, and I went to uh, a did art school there, and I was taking classes that I wasn't even meant to be taking, doing sculpting and sculpting my own body and doing all that shazam. And uh, <laughs> even, like, during the pandemic, there were... I was sexing guys, and consensually i should say but screenshotting their nudes and then painting them um and like for some reason it's always drawn around the human body but again it wasn't sexual it was and yeah they're naked i know it sounds stupid but it generally was like well they're not the beauty i think that's important um not all nudity is sexual and we we need to uh i i think you know, we as a culture, um, Western civilization struggles with the idea of nudity that's non-sexual, you know. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Like, the Greek cultures used to have their dicks out and then, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we can get over it. But to me, like, there's a huge difference between sexuality and eroticism. Yeah. And... But like you said, there's there's this really blurred area in between the two that people don't really understand the difference between. Yeah. Um, like to me, if you're going to be like body painting someone, that could be very erotic, but not mm-hmm. necessarily sexual. Yeah. But it very well can be sexual if you choose to make it so. <laughs> yeah. Like so um, it's about the intent of the artist. Yeah. Um, Edward, who are you when you're not horny? <laughs> oh, an esoteric weirdo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I. I mean, I have my house. I hang out there a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of my little sanctuary. So I, I read a lot of tarot cards. I play with a lot of uh, candle magic and things like that when I'm <laughs> at home. And but aside from that, I would say like. 
pretty quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I do remember um, our our days together. Um, Leo is a very avid talker. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And he loves loves to be pacing around the room, moving constantly. Yeah, Um, Yeah, that's what I didn't say earlier. Whenever (laughs) I just fucking pace around like a maniac. Just for some context, pretty much the whole episode, Leo's been fidgeting and moving away from the microphone and Edward's been (laughs) reminding him to speak. No, it's so cute. It's really, really cute. (laughs) Whenever, Um, yeah, I always look to my left. I'm so happy to have gotten to have this chat with the two of you. Um, You're such sweet people and good friends where can my now you're gonna have to go ahead and specify which profiles are not safe for work and which profiles are safe for work but where can my listeners find you if they want to um see more examples of your your charming je ne sais quoi <laughs> well if you want to see some of that art and also some more stuff coming on there you can look at the ostentated Instagram and <laughs> otherwise the nuts of work that is the crunchy and fun stuff that would be on Twitter. Just Google my name, Leo Louis, Leo Zero, and you'll find me. Oh, is Leo Louis and I said Leo Louise. I do this all. Oh, no, I, so I, here's I, the thing. Everyone <laughs> pronounces differently and I I put Louis. I chose that to have like a like French something in there, but I literally say like Louis. <laughs> you don't like say. Louis. Like, I don't know. <laughs> And then I was trying to put a French accent on Edward's name because I first thought his name was Edward Terran. <laughs> so, uh, our friends from LA all call him Leo Lewis. So, yeah, I just kind of just Yeah, the democracy to decide my name. <laughs> and for me, I'm Edward Tarrant on Twitter. Tarrant is T E R R A N T and Edward underscore JPEG with an E on Instagram. Wonderful. And you both, you have a joint OnlyFans together, Leo and Edward, yeah? Yes, and Leo's got his, like, a regular solo up that you can go see some extra content of him as well. Wonderful. Edward is some, every once in a while, he joins him in there, so yeah, you'll see us. It was lovely having this conversation with you two. Um, I have compulsory questions that I ask every guest. I'm going to ask you both as well. Are you ready for these questions? Absolutely. Okay. Who is your celebrity crush today? Hmm. (laughs) Does it have to be like a super mainstream celebrity? Honey, it's whatever you want to answer. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I kind of love Peppa Pig. Like, just the energy of Peppa Pig. <laughs> I, had I, so many, I had so many thoughts in my head of what you were going to say. Peppa Pig was nowhere oh. in there. Okay, that's a great answer. Oh, my answer. God. Leo? <laughs> I was not pretty. I would say, um, God, I don't even know if I pronounced his name right. Troy Sivan? Is that his full name? Troy Sivan. I thought you were saying God is your celebrity crush. (laughs) Ideally. You know what? If I can meet him that way, I would do a meet and greet with God. Just, yeah. (laughs) Um, Troy Sivan. Uh, Troy, I met at the rehearsal for the finale 
filming of, of season 15. That's the season that just happened, right? Yeah, 15. And um, Troy was at the rehearsal. He was very sweet. And I. the only thing I could think to talk about was that I had seen him in a... Um, uh, welcome to Australia, like airline video. <laughs> and I was like, I saw you singing that song about Australia, and we had a little chuckle about that. So um, I, I, I think a 10 out of 10 um, first interaction. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, send him my way next time. <laughs> okay. uh, for both of you, are you spiritual? Oh, I definitely. Well, I, I wouldn't say spiritual. I call it like esoteric. Yeah. yeah but yes. <laughs> you, 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 you practice witchcraft. We know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he does. I do not. Um, and But I mean, I'm just not spiritual. Um, I've had history in my family of religion, but personally, I'm more so of the, I don't know, not fully atheist. Somewhere in there. Agnostic. Still, still thinking willing about to be all. convinced. <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> Perhaps somewhere in between the lines. <laughs> Final question for both of you. What is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, my God. I've never sang karaoke in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. Oh, okay. Leo? <laughs> um, uh, God, that's a good question. I've listened to... Which one? You know what? I've listened to most lately, Bloody Mary by Lady Gaga, because I've stripped it that one for way too long. So it's going to have to be that one. Dead go. I can do a full lip sync, death drop bottle situation with it. So, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see you both again. It probably will be on my summer tour. Everything at stake. We start in Canada. So, yes, um, we will see you. We're yes. Excited. Uh, haven't seen you since um, New York. But I'll make sure, uh, I'll, well, I'll give them a little plug since I'm saying it, but I'll make sure to make, uh, do send over some more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, do, douching made differently. What, what's yes. the slogan? <laughs> Not all douching is equal. Um. <laughs> if anyone is interested in that, it's, uh, it's a trans owned company. They're uh, silicone reusable douches made uh, in. Well, the designed in New York by my trans friends there, and it's uh, I, I've given some to to uh, Jinx and a handful of our other friends. So, <laughs> yes, and I can attest, not all douching is equal. Um. Oh, by no means. <laughs> exactly. Spread the gospel. Thank you. <laughs> we need to upgrade away from these little CVS douches. I'm sorry, it's not doing the trick anymore. And of course, always um, support uh, support trans and queer owned businesses when you can. Thank you both so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Thank you so much. And thank you all so much for listening to Hi Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me on all the socials. Just Google my name. I'm sick of trying to remember what all my socials are these days. Uh, and I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Hi Jinx. Oh. Um. Mom! Mom.
To listen to Hijinks one day early and ad free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hijinks is produced by Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. <laughs>